Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. Produced by CosmicReality.com. Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist. You can find me at thesuccessalchemist.net, on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist, on Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw, on True Social, Success Alchemist, and on Telegram, US UK Patriot. Today is the 6th of January, 2024. And the title of today's show is Epstein Files and Pizzagate, January 6th Anniversary and Election Fraud Report. So again this week, we've had a lot of news to report on. And as I've said in previous shows, I believe 2023 was the great reveal and that we'd see in 2024 the great rebound. And a lot of the news coming out at the moment is very much exposing and rebounding on the deep state, particularly the Epstein files, which I'm going to cover in quite a bit of detail. And it's really exposing people who were associated with Epstein and raises questions, serious questions, about whether they were participants in the sexual abuse of young girls and minors. Of course, as many point out, the people on these lists, which are from the civil case between Ghislaine Maxwell and Virginia Gouffray, who previously was Virginia Roberts, I believe. And what people are saying is this doesn't necessarily mean they were complicit in this sexual abuse. They may just be associates and We've yet to see a great reveal about this, um, but we're getting some very interesting information from it. And I'm going to start with a report from Technofog under his substack, The Reactionary. And this was published on the 4th of January. The Epstein Files, John Doe's Identified. There was a lot of speculation that it wouldn't be revealed until the 22nd of this month because one of the does had actually asked for a stay on this and the person concerned is outside the US and was saying that if they were revealed in this case that they would be in physical danger because of the nature of the country they were living in. And there's a lot of speculation, actually, that this is Huma Abedin, who is a Muslim and has been associated in the past with the Muslim Brotherhood. As I say, that's pure speculation. And, of course, she was uh, a close associate of Hillary Clinton. And there's a lot more coming out about the Clinton Foundation and the connection between the Clinton Foundation and Jeffrey Epstein, and also some of the child trafficking activities, 
particularly in their involvement in Haiti. So there's still a lot to come out, but it's not good news for the Clintons and many of the other people that are potentially implicated in this seem to be in something of a panic. As I said, the title of this is The Epstein Files, John Doe's Identified Witness. Epstein described Bill Clinton's preference for young girls. We finally know the names of some of the most important John Doe's reference during litigation in Virginia Gouffre versus Ghislaine Maxwell, those who are accused of being alleged perpetrators and witnesses to Jeffrey Epstein's criminal conduct. Early this evening, numerous documents were unredacted or otherwise unsealed in the Gouffre case, marking the beginning of the end of a long battle for documents and information and really accountability that started with Mike Cernovich's efforts back in 2017. Tonight's batch of documents made available for download by Seamus Bruner is just part of the records that will be unsealed from the Gouffre case. There are numerous other records, including witness depositions, motions and other filings, which are yet to be published on the court's docket. We anticipate more salacious materials and more damning allegations against John Doe perpetrators to be released tomorrow. Here are the most scandalous allegations from tonight's documents, including the names of John Doe's, and the details of the allegations they face. Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton's connection to Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell is no secret. Epstein and Clinton had a suspiciously close friendship over the years, and Clinton even invited Ghislaine Maxwell to his daughter's wedding. Yet mysteries still remain about Clinton's activities with Epstein and Maxwell. The documents released tonight are only part of what will be unsealed with respect to Clinton. Some are interesting, but not altogether scandalous, such as the fact that attorneys for Virginia Gouffre sought to depose Clinton as a witness. Then there's the testimony of Johanna Schoberg, a witness who was hired as a masseuse by Epstein when she was in her early 20s. She accompanied Epstein on trips, performed massages on him and his friends, non-sexual, and had frequent interactions with Ghislaine Maxwell, one of which involved Maxwell chastising her for not finishing her massage with Epstein. She testified that she knew Bill Clinton was a friend of Epstein's and that Epstein commented on Clinton's preference for young girls. Prince Andrew New details on the allegations against Prince Andrew have also surfaced. Miss Joberg also testified that she met Prince Andrew with Virginia Gouffre when Virginia was 17 years old in New York City, along with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. At Epstein's New York home was a Prince Andrew puppet, apparently from a BBC production. Maxwell brought it down for Prince Andrew and either Maxwell or Epstein took a scandalous photo of Prince Andrew with the girls. They put the puppet on Virginia's lap and I sat on Andrew's lap and they put the puppet's hand on Virginia's breast and Andrew put his hand on my breast and they took a photo. 
the more disturbing allegations against Prince Andrew came directly from Virginia Gouffray. Please name a person that Ghislaine Maxwell directed you to go have sex with. Answer, Prince Andrew. Glenn Dubin. Gouffray also alleged that she was directed to have sex with Epstein friend and billionaire and then hedge fund manager Glenn Dubin. Dubin's ties to Epstein have been previously reported. Back in 2009, after Epstein was given his sweetheart plea deal from the Department of Justice, the Dubins hosted Epstein for Thanksgiving dinner, telling his probation officer they were 100% comfortable with his being around their teenage daughter, Tom Pritzker. Tom Pritzker is a billionaire businessman serving as executive chairman of Hyatt Hotels and as chairman and CEO of the Pritzker organization. He's also a member of the Aspen Institute. Gouffray alleged she slept with him once. David Copperfield. Magician David Copperfield has also emerged in the latest Epstein release. While there are no sex-related allegations against Copperfield at this time, it's clear from witness testimony that he was friends with Epstein and had at least some knowledge of what was going on at Epstein's home. Perhaps he had been informed by Epstein or Maxwell that they had a recruiting process where girls were paid to find other girls. Michael Jackson and Hollywood. Even Michael Jackson, the king of pop himself, was friendly with Epstein. He was at Epstein's Palm Beach mansion at least once, as explained in Johanna's deposition. Did you ever meet anybody famous when you were with Jeffrey? I met Michael Jackson. Oh, really? And where was that? At his house in Palm Beach, at Jeffrey's house in Palm Beach. Did you massage him? I did not. Joburg would also testify that Epstein would speak on the phone with other celebrities, including Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Blanchett. Frederic Fecke. Frederic Fecke is a French celebrity hairstylist and beauty entrepreneur. Joburg would testify that Epstein tried to, quote, find some girls for him, end quote, while Fecke was in Hawaii. Closing thoughts. Many of the documents that were released today were previously released in the course of the Gouffray versus Maxwell litigation, albeit in a more redacted form. For example, one document from today details allegations that Ghislaine Maxwell took the passport of a 15-year-old girl. We reported on that document back in 2022. Also, as we discussed on December 19, 2023, not all the John Doe's are alleged to have committed wrongdoing. Today's documents included John Doe's who are doctors to the victims, friends of the victims and family members of the victims. It's been unfortunate and rather sad to see the media and various morons with large platforms on social media, the list is long and distinguished, lump those innocent people in with the predatory John Doe's as if all the names to be released were part of Epstein's list. If there is a positive to all of that, we guess it's that you can really tell who doesn't do the reading. Anyway, the list of unknown John Doe's as opposed to the known John Doe's, such as Sarah Kellen, who are alleged to have committed abuse, is rather small. Today's release doesn't include all of the perpetrator John Doe's. 
There are more names set to be released in the coming days. This includes John Doe 113, a purported Epstein affiliate and witness who is alleged to have engaged in serious wrongdoing and will be here to report on the latest developments. Then he follows up on the 6th of January today with the latest on the Epstein files, former Israel Prime Minister Ehud Barak implicated. This is a continuation of the Epstein files, a summary of the release of depositions, motions and witness statements from Virginia Gouffre versus Ghislaine Maxwell. Our previous article, published January 3rd, identified the most damning allegations against Epstein, Maxwell and the John Doe's, both previously known and unknown to the public. Our goal will remain the same, to provide a big-picture debriefing of the most relevant and important information that has been released to the public. Specifically, we will be focusing on the hundreds, if not thousands, of pages produced since yesterday, which you can download and view courtesy of Seamus Bruner. Let's get started first with the identities of new John Doe's. Former Prime Minister of Israel, Ehud Barak. A few days ago, the deposition of Virginia Gouffre was released where she alleged being trafficked by Epstein and Maxwell to billionaire businessmen Glenn Dubin and Tom Pritzker, as well as an unnamed foreign official. Today, we got the answer to the identity of the foreign official, former Prime Minister of Israel, Ehud Barak. That allegation comes not from the release of Gouffre's deposition, but from a filing from Harvard professor Alan Dershowitz in an effort to convince the court and the public of his innocence. It's no surprise that Barack's name would emerge as an alleged perpetrator. His name was brought up in the questioning of at least one witness to Epstein and Maxwell's crimes, and Barack had a long relationship with Epstein over the years, described as a regular guest of Epstein's and meeting him at least three dozen times after Epstein's Florida conviction. Barack would eventually disavow Epstein and explain that Epstein would bring interesting persons together for discussions. Adriana Ross, there was a long and substantial fight in the Gouffre case over the production of evidence not just for Maxwell's emails and financial records, more on that below, but for access to the internal computer system at Epstein's home. In the latest unsealed records, one witness testified to the very troubling removal of evidence from Epstein's Palm Beach mansion. Back in the mid-2000s, as the Palm Beach Police Department's investigation into Jeffrey Epstein was heating up, Epstein employee stroke associate Adriana Ross removed three computers from Epstein's home with an unknown male. Some might call that the destruction of evidence, undoubtedly done at the direction of Jeffrey Epstein himself. It's a crime, or at a minimum, an opportunity for the authorities to lead on a witness. Of course, one would suspect that the evidence and documents and photographs inside those computers would implicate Epstein and likely others, whether Epstein's co-conspirators or his governmental relations. Yet there's a twist to the story. Adriana Ross was provided immunity from prosecution 
as part of Epstein's 2007 deal with the DOJ. And there's a screenshot of this ruling in consideration of Epstein's agreement to plead guilty and to provide compensation in the manner described above. If Epstein successfully fulfills all of the terms and conditions of this agreement, the United States also agrees that it will not institute any criminal charges against any potential co-conspirators of Epstein, including, but not limited to, Sarah Kellen, Adriana Ross, Leslie Groff, or Nadia Marshinkova. Sarah Kellen. Another familiar name that has emerged in the releases is Sarah Kellen, the notorious Epstein employee stroke affiliate who has been credibly accused with facilitating the abuse of minors. One victim who testified at Ghislaine Maxwell's criminal trial accused Kellen of arranging Epstein's massages with minors such as herself. Today we saw the deposition testimony of a former Epstein employee who further implicated Kellen, stating he would pay Epstein's victims at Kellen's instruction. The witness described himself as a virtual ATM machine for Epstein. That's how frequent the victims were paid, apparently at Kellen's direction. Kellen's deposition was also released. She would plead the fifth to all questions asked. Kellen walks free to this day. She was part of Epstein's non-prosecution agreement and a likely New York grand jury investigation into her actions did not result in a prosecution. Nadia Marcinkova, the deposition of another Epstein employee and associate and perpetrator, Nadia Marcinkova, covered by that same non-prosecution agreement, was also released. Like Kellen, Nadia, the pilot of Epstein Airlines, also invoked the fifth. The Maxwell-Clinton Foundation connection. As discussed above, the fight for documents from Ghislaine Maxwell was fierce. She produced little voluntarily and fought disclosure at every step of the way, going so far as to refuse to answer straightforward questions during her deposition. One fight in particular was over the payment she had received from Epstein. Another fight was over communications with Bill and Hillary Clinton and whether the Clinton Foundation had ever funded Maxwell or any of her organisations. One would think that it would have been simple for Maxwell to say that neither she nor her organisations had received funding from the Clinton Foundation, but from what we've seen, that never happened. More allegations against Prince Andrew. As we reported a couple days ago, an incriminating photo of Prince Andrew was alleged to have been taken by either Epstein or Maxwell at Epstein's New York home. Today we saw witness testimony that Prince Andrew and his wife Sarah Ferguson had stayed at Epstein's Palm Beach home and that Prince Andrew stayed there for weeks, receiving daily massages. The Trump references. Donald Trump was also mentioned by that same witness who stated that Trump had been a guest at Epstein's likely sometime in the 1990s before the commission the crimes alleged against Epstein by state officials. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is also said to have been to Epstein's home in that same time frame. Specifically, Trump never stayed at Epstein's home and would actually eat with the staff in the kitchen. 
Trump never sat at the table, a man of the people. The other stuff. Today's release also included notes from the Palm Beach Police Department. A couple of pages stood out. First, the notes indicate that someone in the department or a department contact could talk with Epstein, knows him well. Info passed on to Captain. Second, the notes reference a message left by Abigail Wexner, the wife of Leslie Wexner, who might have been Epstein's biggest client. The message, Abigail Wexner wants to talk to you at something private. Theoretically, there's no reason for the high-profile wife of Epstein's high-profile client to reach out to local police. Perhaps she was concerned about her husband's connection to Epstein being publicised. Or perhaps she was trying to get her own intel on the investigation to pass it on to Epstein or her husband. Maybe a little bit of both. And third, the Palm Beach Police Department notes appear to reference a contact at the State Department. Hat tip to talented Chilliam. There was also an allegation in a 2011 email from a Virginia Gouffre that Bill Clinton walked into Vanity Fair's office and threatened them not to write sex trafficking articles about his good friend Jeffrey Epstein. It appears that Gouffre had some bad information. The truth is that Jeffrey Epstein went to Vanity Fair in 2002 and demanded the publication's editor-in-chief suppress a potential article by reporter Vicky Ward. Epstein's effort was successful. The story that Epstein sexually assaulted a 16-year-old and another victim was never published. We also got to see some of the emails exchanged between Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Epstein was counselling Maxwell on how to engage with the media after the accusations started flying in 2015 and encouraging her to proclaim her innocence. We believe there may be more documents still to be released. However, we're not convinced those documents or depositions will be material. We'll update accordingly. Finally, if we may give a brief update on our FOIA lawsuit against the FBI for Jeffrey Epstein's interviews with the FBI. We've already published Epstein's 2002 FBI interview. There are approximately 13 to 15 pages of interviews that still need to be produced. We're waiting on the resolution of Ghislaine Maxwell's appeal of her criminal conviction before we can get our hands on those. Patience. Of course, the deep state are trying to implicate Trump in Epstein's crimes. And there are so many Dems jumping on X to try and accuse Trump of being one of the abusers of these young girls because, of course, they're desperate to see him get imprisoned or um, convicted of anything as long as they can stop him from becoming president again. But clandestine reports Trump is Epstein's number one enemy. Again, this was published today, hot off the press. For those who have not figured out Trump's affiliation with Epstein, allow me to explain. Trump is the one who exposed Epstein in 2008, hence why all of D.C. fears him. Trump is Epstein's number one enemy. Epstein was running a blackmail operation. 
He was seeking out the most powerful people on earth to compromise and control them. He tried to get Trump, but Trump did not bite. Trump banned Epstein from his properties in 2008 for hitting on the teenage daughter of a club member at Mar-a-Lago. Then a couple months later, Epstein pled guilty to state criminal charges in Florida for paying for sexual services from a 14-year-old girl. See the timeline? Epstein tried to get close to Trump to compromise him. Trump found out Epstein was a sicko. Then Trump helped turn him into the local police. But eventually the Clinton-controlled FBI intervened and Epstein was let off the hook. The deep state have been coming after Trump ever since. Why? Because if Epstein is exposed, then all of D.C. goes down due to the blackmail Epstein possessed on the top players in D.C. Hence why Clinton barged into Vanity Fair and threatened them not to write stories about Epstein. Of course, that was just challenged by Technofog. The Clintons told the MSM to bury the story. Then when Trump got into office, he dedicated his administration to stopping human trafficking worldwide via multiple executive orders, seized Epstein's island and then arrested Epstein and his accomplices in 2019. Executive Order 13773 is an EO literally dedicated to taking out Epstein's international child sex trafficking operation transnational criminal organizations and preventing international trafficking, February 9th, 2017. Hello, that's literally Epstein's entire operation. Trump used executive power to stop Epstein only a month into his presidency. It was one of the first things Trump did. So for those of you that were hoping to see Trump implicated in Epstein's criminality, you will remain disappointed because not only is Trump not one of Epstein's clients, he is the main individual who exposed the entire thing. Trump is Epstein's number one enemy and you all were brainwashed to hate him for that very reason. Of course, he's not talking to us, he's talking to the Dems and the, the normies. And then we have another article by Bioclandestine. This was earlier, actually, on the 4th of January. Was Epstein the shadow ruler of the world? Now that everyone has seen the Epstein docs, let's talk about the global significance of the Epstein blackmail operation. A victim testified Epstein was targeting American politicians, powerful business executives, foreign presidents, a well-known prime minister and other world leaders so that he could, quote, potentially blackmail them, end quote. Epstein was about something much bigger than just rich pedos raping children. This was an intelligence operation to blackmail and control the most powerful people on the planet, meaning that at a minimum Bill Clinton and presumably Hillary are compromised by Epstein and must do what he asks of them or face the consequences of their heinous secret getting out. How much of the Clinton DNC agenda has been at the behest of Epstein to keep him quiet? If Epstein controlled the Clintons via blackmail, does that mean Epstein was functioning as a shadow president of the United States and secretary of state? How many other politicians does he control? 
This means that Epstein or the people he served could essentially control global policy decisions via proxy without being elected. This is quite literally an intelligence operation to rule the world via pedophilia honeypot. Don't take my word for it, the victims said it themselves. The ultimate question is, who did Epstein work for? And what were they trying to accomplish? If the Illuminati truly does exist, this would be how. There's much, much more out there about the Epstein files, which I don't actually have time to go over them all. One of them is what happened to all the videos and photographs that were seized from Epstein's various uh, properties that have disappeared into the vaults of the FBI? That's a good question because he had, Epstein had cameras in every room in all of his properties and it was apparently or allegedly for the purposes of blackmailing people so that they could be influenced in their policy making and so on. So we've yet to see whether these will be revealed. Uh, obviously, it's being covered up again for obvious reasons. But I, I do want to just share a, an ex post by Brian Cates, who is, um, his handle is Draw and Strike. He also has a substack. And this very much relates to the whole Pizzagate thing, which I've talked about in recent shows and which has resurfaced because of multiple convictions or indictments for child sexual abuse and child pornography. But he's relating back to Q drops from 2018, which is really interesting. And it starts with April 6, 2018, is a key date in the Q drops. Why? How about I show you? Now, I can't link any of this directly. The powers that be still suppress all Q info by not allowing any direct linking. But I can do screenshots for you. This only began happening under Trump. Why? And it's a screenshot showing Backpage.com and affiliated websites have been seized. And they were apparently linked to child sex trafficking. How are all three of these consecutive Q drops on April the 6th, 2018, numbers 1053, 1054 and 1055 directly related to each other? How important is a clean house? And this relates, as I was saying, to Epstein and also to somebody called Ray Chandler or Rachel Chandler. And I think I mentioned this maybe last week, that Chandler is like a euphemism for child handler. Members of Congress have been bolting for the exits for some time now. What have they been trying to get ahead of by leaving? What is currently being exposed about the DC blackmail portal? How all new members of Congress are targeted for blackmail compromise operations by intelligence agencies making use of sex trafficking rings they own. Who has been replacing these outgoing members of Congress? What deals were made in secret? How did they never see it coming? 
Despite all appearances, how did the GOP controlled have every single Republican member vote to proceed with the impeachment of Joe Biden? Why are both Joe Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas both about to be impeached and have trials to remove them from office, despite all expectations that this would never happen? How is it even possible that Julian Assange is coming to America? What house of cards is about to collapse? And the image there relates to Tucker's supposed interview of Kevin Spacey, who I don't believe was the real Kevin Spacey, and it was him playing a role that he would have uh, played in the House of Cards series. The name Chandler appears in the Q drops 19 times. Why is this relevant? Who is she? Who is Rachel Chandler? Here is the very first drop in which the name Rachel Chandler appears. It appears as Ray Chandler. It was on April 6, 2018. That is a picture of Prince Andrew with Ghislaine Maxwell in the background, who took the picture. The underage girl in the picture is Virginia Roberts Gouffray, the Epstein victim that filed the civil lawsuit against Ghislaine Maxwell. It is this very same civil lawsuit in which all the names being unsealed is causing the current attention. And it says in the cue drop, look up Ray Chandler, none are safe. The very next cue drop on April 6, 2018, after Q team introduced the Anon community to the name Ray Chandler in drop 1054, was this one, drop 1055. What did Q team reveal about where this picture of Ray Chandler and former President of the United States Bill Clinton was taken? Epstein's plane. What question did Q team ask that then caused the Anon community to begin researching Ray Chandler? Who is she? What hint did Q team provide to point the Anon community as to where they should look as they dug into and researched Ray Chandler? Follow friends. Friends lead to others. Open source. Within minutes of Q-Team dropping its 1055 post, Anons were digging into Ray Chandler's Instagram account. When one of them posted a picture of Rachel Chandler with M&M, Q-Team posted 1056 in response. And it says, why is E so vocal against POTUS, referring to M&M? Biggest connection missing, focus on friends, two, FM, female, male, I presume, presidential pardon, 187MS13, purpose, Q. Q team was directly leading the Anon community back in 2018 into digging into exactly how they get direct iron-fisted control of so many stars and elites, celebrity, stroke political people. They use child handlers. They use blackmail. You want to know why so many stars are on message, give the same talking points and always have? This is how they do it. They target celebrities and politicians for blackmail operations. These are not incompetent people. They plan these operations very carefully. Once they have their hooks into you, you will stay on message or the handlers they surround you with your personal trainers, your agents, your manager, your personal chef, your personal assistants will make life very, very uncomfortable for you. Q drop 1056 was followed by drop 
1057. Another revealing look at Ray Chandler's Instagram account. In this drop, Q-Team was directly pointing the Anon community to the fact that modelling agencies are being used as fronts for child sex trafficking. One of the board members makes the comment about trafficking in plain sight. Note carefully how Q-Team responded to that. Report the trafficking to FBI DOJ. Watch what happens. Spotlight asset exposure imminent. Subject deviation, asset is instantly tipped off and a deviation of pattern is instigated. Risk to control of asset, end, nothing happens, investigation either never begins or is quickly ended. The next time QT mentioned Chandler was the following day, April 7th, 2018, in Drop 10.65. Naturally, this Instagram post is no longer available on the Instagram website. The two comments that QT makes about the Instagram post, whatever it was, the island night. The next time QT mentioned Rachel Chandler was on April 12, 2018 in Drop 1138. What did QT say about the Reuters news story it linked that day? Study carefully. What did Q-Team then say about spy tools that have been cleverly sold to the world as social media apps? Facebook, IG, think Ray Chandler, Twitter, etc. Honeypots. What is a honeypot? What role does a honeypot play in, in a blackmail operation? What kind of people are targeted for blackmail using a honeypot operation? Why were spy tools sold to the world as social media apps instead of being the blackmail tools they actually are? The next time Q-Team called attention directly to Rachel Chandler was in Drop 3133, posted on March 20th, 2019. Note this post is being made four months before Jeffrey Epstein's arrest. And there's a screenshot to a board poster relating to this True Pundit article. And it's got a photograph of Bill Clinton with a number of other men in the sea, the ocean. I uh, started digging on the pic Q posted, trying to figure out who took the pic. Doing a search of it on Tinai, the first article that pops up is from True Pundit last March. One thing that popped out, going to dig further in a bit, was the location the pic was taken. Clinton is seen here kicking back to Beach Day in Jan 2017 in Palmilla, Biohive, an exclusive haven of warm waters and refuge near the so-called Paso de Catuano, very close to Isla Seona. This resort is only accessible by private boat. No idea who took the pick yet, still digging, but thought I'd share the location in case it helps one of you. Anybody know anything about this resort? Is it a last resort? Cates goes on, who is George Nada and why is that relevant? And he was one of the people in this picture. Now, in response to the board member posting the Bill Clinton-George Nada pick at the exclusive Honeypot Resort, what did Q-Team say in Drop 3133? They said this. They linked directly to Rachel Chandler's blog, rachelchandler.us. All blog entries have since been removed. 
After linking to Chandler's blog, what did Q-Team say then? How many girls were waiting for their return to the boat? Who owned the boat? What does a handler procure? Is the handler one of many connected to Epstein? BC, note, this is Brian Kate's note, Q-Team bolded one of many to emphasise this. There are many handlers. Flight logs reveal many hidden artefacts, RC. And note again, Q-Team bolds RC, obviously Rachel Chandler, for emphasis. Does RC appear in any of the flight logs? In the very next drop, realising it's extremely likely that many anons were going to get so excited over the Bill Clinton connection, they might stop digging into Rachel Chandler. Q-Team in drop 3134 stresses that this question must be asked and answered. Who is Rachel Chandler? Right now is a very good time to be asking that question and seeking to answer it. The very next drop, 3135, Q-Team begins pointing the Anon community at the questions they should be seeking to answer about Rachel Chandler's photography studio, the modelling agencies she worked for, who funded her work, what kind of work the studio was actually used for, who Chandler is frequently pictured with, and then Q-Team ends the post with a most unusual statement. What unusual statement does the post end with? What country and particular person does that statement point directly at? And it says, this goes far beyond spirit cooking models. The questions that Q-Team asked the Anon community to dig into and seek to answer back on March 20th, 2019, what high-profile elite people fund and provide Rachel with her photography studio? What is the studio used for? What is the studio really used for? Who has RC been pictured with? And the unusual statement that the post ended with this, this goes far beyond spirit cooking models. The person and the country that this cryptic statement pointed directly to are one, Marina Abramovich, and two, Ukraine. Q drop 3135 was quickly followed by drop 3136 when a board member posted a picture of Rachel Chandler. Are you watching the news for the name Rachel Chandler yet? If not, why not? Q drop 3136 was soon followed by Q drop 3138, which contained the following pictures. All of these people are surrounded by handlers. Almost all of them take the bait they end up being blackmailed. There's a reason Chandler knows so many very, very famous, rich and powerful celebrities and politicians. Post 3138 on March 20th, 2019 was soon followed by post 3144 that same day. Again, Rachel Chandler, child handler, is the focus of the drop and it shows some pictures included in this post. The last picture that was included in drop 3144, these images were on Rachel Chandler's Tumblr page. And it's a picture of a very sad looking young boy. My good friend Lisa May Crowley, the notorious LMC, ended up being cited by Q-Team in the very next drop on March 20th, 2019, drop 3145. I suspect her being cited by Q here directly led to her old account 
being instantly nuked by Twitter 1.0. The scorched earth tactics unleashed by the spy tools disguised as social media apps in their futile attempts to destroy or at least contain the spread of the Q-drops and the growth of the Anon community were truly something to behold. Almost all Twitter accounts cited or linked by Q-team are still banned on this platform. And the tweet from Lisa May Crowley says, Photo is Prince Andrew with Virginia Roberts, who accused the prince and Alan Dershowitz of having sex with her when she was a teen. The prince is a friend of convicted pedo Jeffrey Epstein. Ray Chandler was an alleged handler for Epstein. And the, the Q post is look up Ray Chandler, none are safe. They launched spy tools and blackmail tools disguised as social media apps. They were in complete control. They controlled the horizontal and the vertical of what the public could see and hear and know. Honeypots were active, targets were successfully compromised, the blackmail operations continued apace, and then something went wrong, something they didn't count on. A movement they couldn't stop, destroy or get under control. Their own spy tools were turned against them. Their own spy tools began to be used to spread the very knowledge they couldn't have anybody knowing. The truth got its foot in the door, and that's all it took. I'm now openly posting Q-drop stuff on X-stroke Twitter under new management that would have instantly gotten me tossed as first off this platform just over a year ago. What changed? Why did their over-the-top jihad on the Anon community fail? Why couldn't they stop what was coming and is now arriving? Anons, no. Drop 3145 on March 20th, 2019 was later followed that same day by Drop 3147, which is very brief. It shows a screenshot taken from Rachel Chandler's Instagram. This is security camera footage from Epstein Island. These people are stupid. That's not security camera footage. Honeypot operations use their cameras for other reasons than security. Rachel Chandler, a name you should be looking for, is mentioned again that same day, March 20th, 2019, in drop 3155. That drop includes five pictures, one of which happens to be red shoes. And if you've been down the rabbit hole, you'll know what the red shoe club is is all about. If it sometimes feels like you are getting a weird and surreal glimpse into the inner workings of a satanic cult that targets children, I can explain why that is. You get that weird and surreal feeling because that is exactly what you are looking at. Q team ended post 3155 by saying this, keep digging anons, Rachel Chandler is key and she is. She honestly and truly is key to understanding what's been really going on. After mentioning Rachel Chandler in Drop 3155, QT mentions her name yet again in Drop 3156, saying this, Who is Alison Mack? What is Nixium? If Alison Mack played a key role in the exposure of the Nixium cult, and Q-Team tells you Rachel Chandler is Alison Mack times 100, what would that mean? Nixium was not international. 
It did not involve over a dozen modelling agencies who were shuttling underage girls across the globe to exclusive clientele as part of an organised crime honeypot operation being run by intelligence agencies as a key part of their blackmail control of the government's news media entertainment industries of over two dozen countries. Hell yes, Rachel Chandler equals Alison Mack times 100. Q-Team followed its Ray Chandler equals Alison Mack times 100 post of drop 3156 with this drop 3157. It's a link to a site, michaelkelbin.com, stroke portfolio. The link is no longer working, but it's accessible on the Wayback Machine and it shows a portfolio of photos of young girls, of course. The very last time Q mentioned Chandler's name was this drop on March 20th, 2019, drop 3158. Take note of the mention of the Standard Hotel. And that's the end of the threat. And the Standard Hotel was notorious for Adam Schiff supposedly being there with a young black boy who ended up dying after being raped by Adam Schiff. And it's also linked to his friend Ed Buck, who was actually convicted of drugging young black male prostitutes some of whom died in the process of being sexually assaulted. So very dark, dirty secrets here. If you're not familiar with Nixium, it was actually a cult led by convicted racketeer and sex offender Keith Rainier. And they used to lure women in on the basis of a personal development organization and they would actually um, brand these women on the inside of their thighs and yeah it was a very nasty organization and Bromfman I've forgotten her first name whose family owns Seagram's um, she's implicated in this through connection to Nixium and I've seen her name mentioned quite a bit as well linked to, I think, Epstein and so on. So it's a very tight circle of co-conspirators here. Now, I haven't much time left after that marathon on the Epstein files and so on, but very critical, in my opinion, as it is exposing a lot of so-called elites and leaders who have been caught up in these honeypots by the likes of Epstein and others. And it seems we have news of quite a few of these so-called elites um, making themselves scarce. Shadow of Ezra on X says, where have the elite gone? The Clintons haven't returned to America since they left on December 29th, 2023. The Obama family hasn't made any public statements since December Leon Black, the billionaire investor linked to Jeffrey Epstein, packed his bags and left New York with his wife. Alexander Soros hasn't tweeted anything since December. Defence Secretary Lloyd Austin was hospitalised. King Charles III has faced calls to abdicate and passed the throne to Prince William less than a year after his coronation. 
And somebody commented, the unveiling is upon us. Thank the Lord above. I have to agree. So I have time to just quickly mention uh, the anniversary, the third anniversary of January 6th. And it's a report by Sasha Stone. I won't have time to cover all of it. Um, it's on his Substack, January 6th and how the press became the enemy of the American people. In their war on Trump, the press did the bidding of the Democratic Party, lost the story and lost their way. On January 5th, Trump will give a rally in Iowa. He'll do what he's done for seven years as a hunted man, reassure his supporters that there is nothing to fear but fear itself. Joe Biden, the President of the United States, will also give a speech that day and do what he has been doing since taking office, offer the people nothing but fear itself. And I don't know if you've watched the speech that Joe Biden gave, but it was a blatant attack on anyone who supports President Trump. Biden's message, be afraid, be very, very afraid of your fellow citizens. The guy who works at the gas station, the waitress, the bus driver, the construction worker, the teacher, the pilot, all of them and any of them could be a Trump supporter. Fear them, shun them and help us remove them from our country. You are with us or you are against us. They see their fight against Trump as something along the lines of the Civil War, World War II and 9-11 all rolled into one. It would be funny if it wasn't so terrifyingly real. And he lists off a litany of lies that was told about Trump, you know, like the Russia, Russia, Russia and various other things. He says, lift another flap and it's the biggest lie of all. January 6th was an insurrection. No, it wasn't. It was not planned or ordered or even desired by Donald Trump or his supporters. It was planned by someone who was not part of Trump's rally and in fact did nothing to help Trump, but only ended any chance he had to debate the election in the Senate. The Democrats believe that January 6th is their get-out-of-jail-free card, that they can put the country through unending misery, but all they have to do is show that footage on a loop to keep their flock paralysed by fear, and the votes will flood in. The legacy press has been lying about January 6th for almost four years and counting. It's actually three years by my reckoning, but never mind. Uh, but jumping down, he says, but here's the problem for them. I was there. I wasn't in D.C. on January 6th, but I was following the Stop the Steal movement via Steve Bannon's War Room podcast. I know what the plan was and what it wasn't. I was a Democrat who had voted for Joe Biden. After the summer of 2020, like so many other Americans, I had to escape the mainstream media narrative after realising I had been lied to over and over again. I had to find out what was true and wasn't. I also thought the 2020 election had been rigged by powerful forces in this country that had robbed the American people of their right to a fair election. But even still, I didn't think Trump had a case. Then I watched as the media narrative became about the big lie and how it was almost a crime to say the election was stolen. Even now, they parrot the term that makes me want to scream, election denier. But it wasn't a fair election. One of their most powerful weapons was a lying legacy media that gaslighted Americans all through 2020 as we lurched from lockdowns to protests 
back to lockdowns. The media continued to lie through January 6th as though we all hadn't just lived through the summer of 2020. They are the ones who opened the door to acceptable political violence. As usual, it only applies to them. I've watched every Trump rally since the summer looking for proof that he and his supporters were what they'd been charged and convicted of in the media, racists and white supremacists. None of that was true. Trump supporters are kind people, decent and patriotic Americans. They are mostly outsiders who like Trump and want to support him. January 6th is going to be one last rally before they close the door on the 2020 election. Trump had gone to great lengths to convince Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz to debate the election rule changes in the Senate. Ted Cruz was giving a speech when, from out of nowhere, a riot at the Capitol. My first thought was that can't be MAGA. They don't do that. There was never any plan to breach the Capitol or take any member of Congress by force. None of that was part of Stop the Steal, but you'd never know it because these are not questions our legacy media will ever ask or even wonder about. Now, too many Americans believe the official story that Trump sent a violent mob to attack the Capitol because he couldn't lose an election. Over time, it will become clear that January 6th was part of an ongoing sting operation coordinated by FBI informants who were paid well by the Bureau to bring home the bacon. The idea was to manifest extremists, to rouse them out of the darker corners of America, rile them up, get them angry, and then aim them towards something dangerous, like kidnapping Gretchen Whitmer or storming the Capitol. Only one reporter in the mainstream even bothered to ask questions about the Whitmer kidnapping. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to put all of this together. You only have to look for the connection from the FBI's plot to spy on the Trump campaign and sabotage his candidacy. And when that failed, it was onward to Russiagate and impeachment. And when that failed, it was COVID and the protests over the summer. And the biggest get of all... January 6th. And then finally, at a very appropriate moment, Donald Trump published or released a 2020 election fraud report for Georgia, Wisconsin, Arizona, Michigan and Pennsylvania, just to counter the often repeated statement that there's no evidence of fraud in the 2020 election. In actuality, there is no evidence Joe Biden won, Trump document states. And it was released on Truth Social. Presidential frontrunner Donald Trump issued a summary of the election fraud that he says took place in five different states during the 2020 presidential election. And I don't have time to share all of this, but go and find it on Truth Social under Donald Trump's account and uh, I've read it it lays it all out in black and white exactly what happened so that's all for this week I hope you've enjoyed the show and you'll join me next week for another cosmic creating show Uh, thank you to Nancy for producing and to Derek Condit of mysticalwares.com for sponsoring cosmic reality radio so until next time stay well be safe and bye for now You have been listening to Cosmic Creating with Jan Shaw, updating current reality. 
a production of CosmicReality.com.